All right, welcome everybody. This is Stephen Michael Miller. So glad to have everybody here on the call today. This is our Monday morning Limitless Tribe call. So glad to have you all here. And I will say, as always, if this is your first time joining us on the call, uh, just a huge welcome. This is just an amazing opportunity uh, for you to learn more how to, how to live your limitless life how to move to the next level, how to take the principles that you learned at Limitless and continue to apply those every single day. So welcome to the call. And if this is the 10th, 11th, 12th, 100th time that you've been on this call with us, we want to give you a warm welcome as well. Thank you for being here. Uh, before we jump in today, uh, I'm guessing you saw the post on the tribe of what we're going to be talking about today, but before we jump in, I just wanted to make sure that we go over some announcements. And those announcements are for some events that we've got coming up. As I am pulling these up right now, let me go ahead and get here. Perfect. Here we are. So we've got coming up uh, tomorrow and every Tuesday at 4 p.m., we have our Mentor Me event. And our Mentor Me event is really a fantastic opportunity for you to learn more about Breakthrough, to experience more of these amazing processes as well as to learn how you can share Limitless and earn from that. It's just a phenomenal opportunity. That's every Tuesday at 4 p.m., led by some of our amazing uh, leaders here at Limitless. Coming up as well, we've got on July 21st, we've got our Limitless Youth Academy. Now, I'll tell you right now, uh, I can't tell you how often we have people coming to us and telling us that they want their kids to experience the principles of what we're doing here at Limitless. And so we have created just for them our, our Limitless Youth Academy. That's July 21st. It's $30 ahead, and it's going to be awesome. I mean, this is for, for kids from 6 years old up to 18 years old, and we've got three different age breakouts. So if you want more details on that, please go on to LimitlessMentor.com. That's LimitlessMentor.com uh, to get those details. In addition to that, we've got our Marriage Makeover event. It's filling up right now. This is a tremendous event. If you want to level up your marriage, if you're looking for some things to do to really just uh, bring more love into your marriage, more understanding into, into your marriage, um, this is a private and closed setting. It's, it's going to be incredible with amazing marriage, uh, marriage breakthroughs. And you can find those details also on LimitlessMentor.com. Now, we also have the book launch coming out, the Limitless book launch that's coming up. Uh, this is going to be July 27th through the 29th. Um, this Limitless book, if you haven't already had an opportunity to pre-read, uh, a lot of you know this is already an Amazon bestseller. Uh, this is a tremendous opportunity uh, for anyone to really get their hands on some of these principles. If, if you know anyone that's had a hard time maybe getting off of work or not understanding the true value of this, this Limitless book launch is going to be a tremendous opportunity to get those principles into their hands and help them understand exactly what it can do to help launch their lives in, in a whole new way. Um, this book launch, the 27th through the 29th, we're going to be having a huge red carpet event. It's going to be, there's going to be an amazing book signing. Um, there are several individuals that are co-authoring this book as, uh, along with Chris Crone. Uh, they're gonna be, you're you're going to be getting a free autographed copy for all guests that come to this book launch. So uh, make sure you put that on your calendar. Again, that's July 27th through the 29th. Now, we also have coming up July 12th. I know I've got a lot of calendar things, so hopefully you've got your calendars open and ready here. Uh, July 12th. We've got an amazing abundance dinner. Okay, this is a Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Again, these abundance dinners are for those individuals that also want to get a taste of what Limitless could be like for them and find out a little bit more about it. Um, this is open to anyone that's part of our tribe. But I will say, in order for you to come, 
you have to bring a guest who's never been to Limitless before. So in order for you to come to the Abundance Dinner uh, hosted at Chris's home, right, Chris, is going to be at your home, um, then you're going to want to make sure that you bring someone with you that has never been to Limitless before. This is July 12th at 6 p.m. And with that, I think I have given you enough dates, at least for today. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to, uh, to other things that are coming up here later on. But everyone, I'm so excited. Uh, we've got Chris Crone, who isn't always able to make it on these tribe calls, but he is here and he is ready, and he's going to tear this up today with me. We're going to be talking about enlightened invincibility. And we're really going to be going into the three beliefs of what that means. What are the three beliefs of enlightened invincibility? Uh, and you know as well as I do that uh, Chris Crone loves to talk uh, from an audacious standpoint. He likes to challenge the norm. He likes to challenge the normal beliefs. And so we're going to talk about how we can do that on a daily basis and feel more invincible in our own lives. And so, Chris, thanks so much for being on the call with us today. Uh, let's just jump in. Stephen, I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm really, really happy to be here. Listen, we just got back from Peru. We were there the last couple of weeks. We took our tribe with us. Uh, and I just want to give you a quick report because it was so incredible. Uh, every time we travel somewhere, epic things happen. And it's because of the nature of who we are. And this actually ties into today's conversation. Stephen, when we were out there, um, we, we, we were going to go on this trip to Machu Picchu. We started in Cusco. We flew in at 11,000 feet elevation. That's high. I mean, we had some people already, you know, flying in with high altitude sickness. It, it was really a challenge for the hike group that uh, gave us a unique opportunity. So part of our group was touring Cusco, doing uh, different projects, humanitarian projects, seeing the local sites, the Sacred Valley, and then we all wound up together Machu Picchu. I also had an opportunity to go to, uh, with, a, with, a, with a, about 24 of us, on this Incan Trail hike called the Lars Trek. And the Lars Trek hike um, parallels the Incan Trail, uh, except it goes up about 2,000 feet higher in elevation, which meant that on day two of the three days, we went up a 4,000 feet elevation climb. And I got to tell you, on day one, when some of us were already struggling on the easy part of the hike, that night we went to dinner, and a space was opened up for some real vulnerability. And Jennifer Buss, so bold, came up and, and told the group, hey, today I'm struggling. I came in last of the pack. Um, I'm really struggling with my health, and I don't know how tomorrow's going to go. Meanwhile, I've got the tour guides, the main tour guide with me, saying, Chris, some, some of your people in your group may not make it all the way up the hike because... When, when things get bad, if epoxia sets in, people will get headaches, then migraines, they'll stu start losing their eyesight, they'll run out of breath, they'll have panic attacks, and they'll need to come down the mountain. That morning at breakfast, I turned to our group and I said, today we face a wall. And if you've been to Limitless, you know what it takes to get over the wall. We were facing a very different kind of wall. And I committed our group to make sure that every single one of us made it over that mountain. That meant that if we had to carry each other, carry each other's gear, carry each other's there's mindset by showing up for each other in positivity, we were going to do whatever it took. And seven grueling hours later, our group stood atop this mountain, and we made it. And we knew and got to see how everyone showed up for each other to make it on top of the mountain. It was really... It was a defining moment for me in my life because um, at one point I was really struggling with the altitude. I had my daughter right there at my side. She was struggling. 
And my daughter and I, with my wife, Colin, we got to take those final steps up the top of that mountain. And it was a really emotional moment. I wept as I held my daughter and reflected on what we had just accomplished. And um, I asked my daughter, Liesl, what did this mean for you? And she turned to me, she said, Dad, I found strength I did not know was in me. Today, we're here to talk about strength that you may not know you have inside of you. And I want to talk about these concepts about invincibility. Stephen, I remember that, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever wanted to be a superhero before, but growing up, I think that uh, I've known you well enough these last 20 years. I know that there's one superhero in particular that you identify with. If you could be, if you could be any superhero on the planet, who would you be and why? Uh, so Spider-Man, and uh, the reason why is because he and I actually have a lot in common. Not only do I have the proportionate strength of a spider, <laughs> wow, speed and agility, but uh, I also love shooting webs out of my wrists. Really? <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that one yet. No, I'll tell you, though, I do love to climb. I've always loved to climb. When I was a kid, I climbed everything, not just trees. I mean, a lot of you know my treehouse story, but I would climb up on roofs. When I was, uh, when I was probably a, a young teenager, uh, a friend of mine and I would always climb up on the top of the roof of the local high school, and we would skateboard up on the flat roof of the local high school. So I love to climb. So I, I was called Spider-Man. So I and, love Spider-Man. And you guys actually have a... Um, you, have, you share something in common. You both fell for redheads. We both fell for redheads. I have my Mary Jane and so does he. And, you know, you get so passionate about Spider-Man. I think at one point you created a rap. I did. A, a rap about Spider-Man. And, we and we're here to talk about... <laughs> about getting our superpowers on, there's got to at least be a couple of lines that you've got to remember, Stephen. I know the whole rap. I, I did it when I was 15 or 16. And uh, I, one of these days, with, a, with some new Spider-Man movie that will come out, I know there's one coming out on the 7th, um, whatever, anyway, I'm not plugging it, but there's a new one coming out soon. But I'm guessing someday in the future, my Spider-Man rap will be the theme song for some Spider-Man song. I think we should get a little taste of it this morning. I'm going to lean on you, and um, I'm going to put you in an uncomfortable spot. Here we, you're, if you're ready, for, if, I don't know if this tribe is ready for this, but if they're ready for this, here we go. Yo, I feel like Spidey can fight me and lie me in the sky like the birds. You can't mess with me because I am free. I fight villains. I'm Dylan. I'm 90210 just chilling over the hill and I kick them for the thrilling. And that's all you're going to get for today. Oh, come on, dude. you got to give us a little bit more. You were just starting to heat up there. I am in love with Mary Jane. No shame. She's my burning flame. Through all my things, she's been my damn. I'm not insane. I swing up on the spot. I see Dr. Ock trying to trick me logically like Mr. Spock. What's up with all this Wu-Tang and Shaolin? I'll jump, kick, spin you in the chin like Kingpin. Anyway, you know, there's a lot of references there. There's a lot of references there to the 90s. And yes, so, there are. So if you, uh, if been you're, dated, <laughs> I am completely dated. Oh, we're gonna put you in a museum. <laughs> so um, I bring up this idea because I'm sure many of us here on the line have uh, have actually wanted to be a superhero for some reason or another. Stephen, can you open up the lines? I just want to get because we're gonna be talking about a power that for me is supernatural. We're gonna talk about a power that is so awesome inside of us. We're more than just mere mortals having a mortal a mortal experience. We are, there's so much more power inside of us. And um, I know this because once in a while I have people that I'll share one of my vulnerable moments and then someone will come up to me and give me a hug and be like, oh, Chris, you really are human. I'm like, man, I, I don't know if that means that I spend too much time being inauthentic or maybe you just recognize inside of me uh, some admiration for how I've been able to climb over some of my difficult mountains. Um, we're going to open up the lines here. I would just love to hear from some of you on the call what specifically 
if you could have had a, super a superpower, it could have been a superhero, who and All right, so the lines are unmuted, actually. So you're on. Anyone can go ahead and shout out right now. Um, Wonder Woman. And why? <laughs> Uh, because uh, she was uh, really strong and really had a lot of um, warrior energy. I love that. Yeah, super strong, crazy warrior energy. Who else we got? We can't quite hear what you're saying, but you sort of sound like R2-D2. So I'm, <laughs> I don't know who that is, but it's, it sounds awesome on this end. <laughs> Everyone's getting a kick out of that one. <laughs> Anyone else? Come on. Favorite superhero. We know you got that. He-Ra. It's Katie. I want to I wanna be Brett Wonder Woman. I want to be Brett everything that I can where I am. I love that. Oh my God! All right, perfect. Wow. So definitely hearing some some shouts for uh, Wonder Woman, also an R two D two in there. <laughs> and uh, you know, for me, if I had to pick someone, I would have gone with Wolverine. Uh, I like this fast healing ability, but on a more serious note. Um, my whole journey really kicked off. I mean, if, if, if you had seen me in the beginning of my journey, Stephen Miller was someone that was there for it. So I'm going I'm to get vulnerable here for a moment. Stephen, you remember this. Um, when we first started our company, um, I, I think the only superpower I had was my willingness to be audacious. But I was erring left and right and really not knowing how to lead. I, I wasn't really good at knowing how to do a whole lot of things. And I had a, a, a friend in my life who was a woman and also had been a mentor for me growing up. And her husband worked with me. And, um, you know, some months they financially did well. Other months they struggled. And it culminated in receiving a letter from this woman I held deep respect for. And in this letter, I felt like she tore me to pieces I feel like I had probably one of the most humbling experiences of my life, and it was so shocking, the things that she called me and the things that she said about me, that I stepped into this massive disbelief and crazy level of victimhood. You know, she, she, it's even hard to repeat some of the things, but some of the things that she shared with me, I, I just... I, I felt like I was probably the most un incapable person on the planet to do anything when I was done reading it. And we had a falling out after that. And for six months, my wife and I stewed on this. We were both good friends with this woman and kept trying to decode the letter. Why would she have said it? Why did she say these things? And a lot of the themes in the letter had to do with what a people pleaser I was and how inauthentic and, and that I didn't know how to show up and really share my real thoughts and feelings. And I felt the need to be strong and, and wouldn't really open up and reveal how I was truly feeling. And I wasn't I wasn't sharing my struggles the right way. And uh, these things were so painful and they bothered me for month after month after month until finally um, a man came into my life that saw it. And he began doing some mentoring with me, began doing some work. And I started feeling better after six months. The relief started coming in and the relief only came from learning lessons about the truth of what she had told me. Even though I didn't want the feedback, even though I never asked for it, she gave it to me anyway 
And in hindsight, it ended up opening up a huge door to realizing how much I truly had to learn and that I had been operating with what I knew. Friends, right now, when you operate on what you know, you can only get more of yesterday's results. If you want to create new results, you have to stop operating on what you know. You have to learn how to do different things. You have to get feedback. You have to learn the things that you don't know. You've got to develop new skills. You've got to develop new abilities. This started a, a huge adventure for me, and Stephen, it, it really has led to the pain of that moment created a desire within me to want to be invincible. And not so much a superpower invincibility, not a supernatural invincibility like Superman, but I wanted to feel invincible from people that had hurtful things to say to me. I, I wanted to step out of my suffering. I wanted to step out of my victimhood. Today, I'm going to share three beliefs for what I call enlightened invincibility. And I'm going to share all three with them right now, and then we're going to break them down. And I want to invite you to write them down. The first belief is to become free from misfortune. The second is to become free from misperception. And the third one is to become free from need. These three freedoms release you and liberate you from a world of pain, suffering, and even negativity because negativity is a part of what this world is all about. Let me share these with you. The first one, to become free from misfortune. Number one, Misfortune is life's circumstance. And in life, guess what? Circumstances are going to happen to you that are outside of your control. Um, you know, people that found themselves in a concentration camp, they didn't build those camps. They didn't put up those walls. They didn't establish the policy and the rules. And yet they were taken and they were put inside of these camps. Think for a moment about the circumstances that you sometimes find yourself in where you can feel powerless. Stephen, as you look back at your life, what are the things that have happened to you that felt outside of your control? Circumstances you found yourself in that if you would give power to debilitated you. You know, this is a really, um, I love this conversation because it, we all experience uh, tragedy. We all experience hardship. Um, we all at times are going to find ourselves in situations where we felt we did nothing for it, meaning we didn't create it per se. Uh, you know, I, I grew up with a, in a very loving family, but I had a lot of struggle with one of my older brothers. And, you know, he and I are on good terms now, but for years and years and years, I couldn't stand him, and I couldn't stand being around him, and I felt like he always had something against me. And, and it wasn't until I, I took a look at it later on in life where I realized a few things. I realized, number one, I, I had a gift kind of given to me, and I, I'm going to say it that way, but I also chose this gift, I think, uh, a part, part of me. And that gift was, regardless of my circumstance, regardless of what was thrown at me, I was happy. And I looked at, I looked at the difference between myself and my brother – most of the time when something was thrown at us, I would choose happiness and he would choose anger. And, and that choice, although that may have been a deep-rooted part of, of us for some reason, it, did, it has to come from a choice of something, right? And I do believe, like I said, I was given a gift to be happy. That was kind of my disposition. Yet there were moments where I still had to choose happiness. I still had to, in spite of the circumstance, in spite of what was coming at me, I had to choose the happiness. Now, I don't at all and never will compare myself with Viktor Frankl. <laughs> I mean, here's a man, like you mentioned earlier, Chris, here's a man who 
was thrown into situations that he didn't have any control over, had no power over. He was treated less than an animal. Um, they did experiments on him and did all, I mean, he was subjected to horrible, horrible, uh, atrocious things. Yet, I will say, if we're talking about being invincible, you know, um, it, being invincible doesn't mean that you're not going to find yourself in a circumstance, but it does mean that you get to choose how you react. It gets, you get to choose how you act, what you think, what you say in those circumstances. And those actions, those choices make all the difference. Yeah. So how do you free yourself from misfortune? Because misfortune is going to come to you. It's part of opposition that rules as a part of the counterbalance in this world that allows growth to occur. And so opposition basically means that in life, there's the positive and the negative, there's the evil and the, and the good. And these, these forces both are existing at, in our lives. And sometimes we're losing one fight and we're winning another, and then sometimes the table gets turned. So if circumstance is something that's going to happen to you, for example, I was, um, I was trying to fly back to the United States to make sure I could be there for day one of Limitless, and our flight was delayed. Okay? So I was going to miss my flight. Fortunately, they were able to book another immediate flight out of Atlanta that got me home. But had they not been able to, guess what? I would have missed part of Limitless. And those things, that's just a part of life, whether you want these things to happen or not. And so the first step to becoming liberated from misfortune is to accept it. And instead of seeing it as a bad thing to recognize that things are sometimes not going to meet our expectation or life isn't going to always go according to plan because there's more at work in the world than just my will. With 7 billion people, there's 7 billion wills. And think of, the, think of all of the wills outside of people that are present and working. There's the will of the weather. There's the well, will of the climate. There's so, many, there's so many forces of nature, and I'm just one, and yet I'm a part of this world. So instead of resisting the change uh, or the unwanted change that's going to come into my life, the first, start, the first step is to step into acceptance. My plane got delayed, and I accept that because if I choose to take air, airplanes, sometimes they're going to be delayed. So instead of becoming a source of frustration, I start actually, it's like chi, I start working with the energy, and this helps us become indomitable. Imagine a world where there's no circumstance that can knock you off balance. And the only way we learn it is by getting knocked off balance and then learning the lesson of how to not get knocked off balance. So that's the first of the three, which is free from misfortune. And that liberation comes from acceptance and embracing. Accept that it's going to happen and then embrace it because then you can work with it and make the best out of what's happening. The second one is to become free from misperception. Misperception, friends, this is one of the biggest things that we battle against on this planet is that we naively live in an egotistical centric world where we think that everyone thinks the way that we think. Everyone's honoring and obeying my personal rules of life. Everyone's honoring my concept of morality. Everyone's um, adhering to my specific rules of, of the shoulds and the shouldn'ts and what I need to do with my life. But the reality is there's 7 billion people with 7 billion different perceptions. And instead of and what, we're, what we do by nature is we project our perception onto other people. This happens on a regular basis. I was on Facebook last night. I saw a post I didn't like. It started rubbing me the wrong way. I don't need to change anyone else's world. 
that rubbing wrong is a reflection of my world. So instead of getting, and this is where we get lost in the illusion. In this, uh, in this illusion, we start blaming other people. And that's where victimhood is created. You know, it's interesting. This conversation is a really fun one for me. Because, you know, we've been around now. I mean, we're coming up on our two-year mark. Not, we're not too far away here at Limitless on our, our two-year mark. And it's interesting to watch people come and go. And I think really what I, what I want to touch on here is I've had so many conversations where people have come up to me and say, Stephen, um, the idea of being limitless is impossible. You cannot be limitless. We all have limitations, right? If you were to jump off of a building, you wouldn't fly. So there you are, Stephen. You've got a limit, right? You're, you're limited. And, it's, and what Chris is talking about here and what I'm addressing here is this, this idea of perception. And my definition of limitless doesn't mean that I will never face a limitation. It doesn't mean that I will never come up against some sort of block. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden I get to sprout wings and fly. Uh, you know, I, I, although we're talking about superheroes, I know that I'm not an X-Man, right? I, I'm not the archangel. I can't, I can't like spread these wings, you know. So, so that's not my understanding. And the, the mere fact that each of us have these differing perceptions and differing definitions for all the words that we get to use means exactly what you said, Chris. I get, to, I get to be okay with someone else's opinion. If someone comes up to me and says, Stephen, you can't be limitless, number one, I, I can be okay with them thinking that I can't be limitless. I'm, I'm 100% okay with that. And at the same time, I get to tap into my own intuition and my own belief of what I see limitless as meaning and what, what I step into as being limitless. So, you know, these different perceptions that we're facing, how do we... How do we view the perception that we have? How do we grow and increase our own perception? And, and part of that is being, being willing to do what Chris said here earlier, which is listen to the feedback, and then even ask yourself the question, is there a part of that feedback that serves me? Is there a part of that feedback that maybe is even true, right? Because having that access to so many different perceptions is not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. If I could get 7 billion different perceptions on who I am, it doesn't have to change how I show up, but it probably will, meaning I will probably find some truth in each one of those 7 billion different perceptions about me. And here's the irony. We're going to die. We're <laughs> mortal. Things will befall us. Things are going to happen. Eventually, we're going to get taken out of the earth game because it's the nature of the game itself. It's something that's going to happen. And none of us knows exactly how it's going to happen. This ironic conversation of being invincible, it, it, it doesn't mean that... Uh, it doesn't mean that nothing bad's going to happen, but it is a mindset that says I have the ability to rise above every negativity yeah. because it has to present itself. Opposition is so often, Stephen, treated as an enemy when the reality is it's our friend. Everything that hurts us and creates pain, once we get to the point where we get to the lesson and learn it, there's gratitude. Gratitude is at the end of every story of pain. And if we can just leapfrog and get there instead of fighting against it, that is what this invincibility from misperception means, is that I can rise above all of that negative energy and step into a pace of love, joy, and peace. Chris, you used to say something, and you've probably even said it recently, but this rang in my ears for years. And what you used to say was, I don't experience bad. There's no such thing as a bad day anymore for me. And when you said that, it used to almost make me angry. Like, I used to think to myself, 
Chris, you're such a stinking liar. Like, of course you have bad days. Like, why would you ever say that? And it wasn't, it's not until, you know, maybe a couple years ago where I started to understand what it was that you were, what you were saying. It's not that, again, it's not that things won't happen in life that will give you pause and room to take a look and make a decision. That's not worth, those things will happen all day long, yet the label that it's bad that's a negative label, right? For all of us, if we, if we say something is bad, that is a negative label. And the truth that I have come to understand is that I don't have to ever negatively label anything. It's not, excuse, it's, it's not saying that things won't happen. And, and, and we're saying the same thing over and over and over again, maybe some different ways, but, but I think this is truly important. Repetition is important here. It's not to say that things won't happen to, to us, but how we see those things, how we identify those things, whether we look at it as bad or we look at it as good or we look at it as a learning experience or whatever, will make all the difference in the, in the end game, in the outcome of how it affects us, of how we move forward or don't move forward because of it. Yeah, and you know what? Here's the reality. When life comes your way and it, and it dishes up something that disadvantages you in your perception or holds you back or, or, or produces a temptation to feel an emotion to, to label it as anything negative, the big thing here is just to understand that you can accept it within the realm of information. Everything is information, but we assign meaning to information. So Stephen comes up to me and he says, Chris, it was my birthday. You thought of me. You gave me a birthday present. Thank you. Well, before I can choose to feel a, I could feel, and I think a lot of people would choose to feel, oh, I got some warm fuzzies inside. I, Stephen and I are bonding here. We're having a, you know, we're, we're having a connective experience. But before that happens, all Stephen is doing is communicating information, and I still get to be in charge of, the, of what I assign to it. Understand that by the time you entered adulthood, you had already assigned meaning to everything that was going to happen to you in life, more or less, which means that it, that it was programmed early on, and all we're inviting you to do is look at your perception of something and question it. Question whether you have arrived at the highest and best belief, the highest and best reaction, the highest and best approach to it. Because, you know, and, and I just saw this the other day with my daughter, Lydia Stephen. She, she, was, she came to me and, and her brothers and sisters, she perceived them being mean. They weren't playing with her. And she said, I'm having a bad day. And she had this huge frown on her face and all the sadness was present. And I, and I thought about it. Oh, you know, I, I gave her some advice on what she could do. She came back an hour later. Dad, I'm having a bad day. And you know what? If you want to dwell on bad day, if you want to focus on the energy of what's behind that, if you want to take that on and represent it, then guess what? That then, that then your result that you're going to produce the next little bit here is quite predictable. And listen, if, if that's consciously, you're aware of that and that's what you want to do, then hey, that's just a use of your choice and agency. And then my guess is that when you interact with other human beings, loved ones, when you're doing anything, you're going to add a, a lens as if you're looking through a pair of glasses with a, with a brown tint and everything's just going to have a, a brown film on it. And it's going to color your experience. And the only thing I'm asking is, is... Is that serving you? Because if it doesn't, if it isn't, it means that it's time for an upgrade. Misperception. In a moment, we're going to be bringing someone on the line that is struggling with either some misfortune, a misperception, and, and then we're, in a moment, we're going to talk about the third one. But before we do, we talked about how you rise above mis, mis, misfortune. You start with acceptance and embracing. Well, how do you rise above misperception? And here what I want to throw in is that View all perception first as information and create space between stimulus and response 
to reevaluate again, maybe for the first time in a long time, your judgment of a situation, a judgment of somebody, or something that is being communicated to you. Because remember, you're just reacting with your pre-programmed reaction. Look at it brand new for the very first time. Uh, where this has been really real for me, Stephen, is that when people would come and give me feedback, either about Limitless or my business or me, if I ever perceived it as something negative, then I noticed that I wanted to hide or that I would get defensive or that I didn't want to hear it. Well, that's the way that I was programmed in my childhood to deal with that. That's the way I programmed it. And I got to a point where that didn't serve me. Now if someone has feedback for me, um, I decide to step into a, a space of, oh, this person is trying to help me and I'll take all the help I can get on this planet. And so that's something that really serves me when there's a misperception. I will actually consider that people have the best in mind for me. Yeah. And also a belief that people are doing the best that they know how. And I, I recommend you write those two down, that people are doing the best they know how and that this information is here to help me. Because if I step in with that perception, then I can look at the information anew and make different decisions about it that can actually benefit me as opposed to holding me back. So, and let me challenge this for just a moment, um, and not for the sake of challenging, but we keep on using a word, which is misperception. I want to take the miss off for just a moment, because actually it's not really, it's not even a misperception. It's just their perception. That's all. And so I, I want to even take off the negative label of the perceptions here, right? Because someone's going to come up to me with a differing idea. Different isn't, doesn't mean it's bad. Um, it's just different. It's just a different perception. So maybe instead of even misperception, we can use, look, this is just a different perception. And is it useful for me? That's it, right? From, from now on, let's remove the words miss or bad or horrible or anything like that, right? And it's, it's just the perception. So when that perception comes to me, I get to decide how I feel about it. And, and I get to even look at it and say, you know what? Wow, that is a perspective. <laughs> I, Maybe I shouldn't go in there. I won't go there. But I was going to say that's But it's even that's your perception or, yeah, I honor your perception or thank you for sharing your perception. That's the perception. And, and then I get, to, I get to choose what I get to do with that perception. The only thing that I argue on this, on this concept of miss yeah. is it's this idea of am I acting from clarity or am I acting from trigger? Sure. Because if my perception is, um, is wrought in trigger, then then my perception is going to be off from a more accurate reality. And I step into that more accurate reality when I get clear. Sure. I was sharing this conversation with Dana at this last Limitless because she had a concern she wanted to share. And, and um, you know, the conversation was, what will you produce if you share something in trigger, even the right information, versus what happens when you share in clarity? And this is what I love about belief breakthroughs because especially when it comes to leadership, um, every one of you is a leader. You're a leader with your, with your family, your children, uh, employees, your tribe. Um, there's, we're always stepping into an opportunity for leadership. And when we lead from clarity, then we invite everyone to connect and come together. But when we lead from trigger, then what we're going to do is we're actually going to create separation. And so uh, misperception, perception, yes, it's this idea of, of clear, clear up your own perception by doing your breakthrough work so that you can have a perception that honors you, honors where you're at, and is, and is found outside of the space of trigger. Really beautiful. This is the third one to share before we bring uh, today's guest on, Stephen. It's becoming free from need. And there's a counterfeit for everything because there's two kind of needs, right? There's the things that we really need and then the things that we think we need. 
And you can never get enough of what you don't truly need because what you don't truly need can never satisfy. That's the need of the ego. And um, there's a reason why Buddha said that desire is the source of all suffering. And I don't think he was talking about our good righteous desires. I think he was talking about the desires that we have in general, the desire to keep up with the Joneses, the, the desire to look a certain way, the desire to be perceived a certain way, the desire to have things. Um, some of these things come from a space of bettering our world, and then some of them come from a space of satisfying and insecurity found inside of us. Becoming free from need, let me, I, I want to say something that if, even just for one of you can save you decades on your life. It's going to be worth it. Evaluate why you want what you want. Here we talk all the time about manifesting. We talk about creating. But what space are you, are you creating from? Because at one point in my life, I thought that having the house and having the car and having the tra travel, that having these things meant that I had achieved a higher level of success than being without those things. And I'm not going to call any of those things bad. There's a reason why we can't judge each other because the, the reality is it's not my business to be in your space and judge you or to judge why you want what you want or why you have what you want. That's why I can't judge the poor or the rich. I can't judge those with or without. I can't judge those that have something that, quote, unquote, is too nice. Again, that's just my own perception of too nice for who. Well, this isn't about them. This is about me. What is it that I want? And here I want, if you want to elevate yourself outside of your unnecessary needs, then it starts by questioning why you want what you want. What is the reason behind it? And one of the things that you can do here is find some time to just ground and get yourself in a really clear space and then evaluate the, th the goals that you have. Evaluate the pursuits that you have and question, where is this coming from? Those needs that come from a space of ego, you might spend years chasing after. You might eventually achieve them but they're not going to fill you up the way a real need satisfied can. And real needs for me come from an, uh, the question and answer of what is in my highest and best interest right now? I've got this moment. Where do I get to be? Who do I get to share it with? What gets to be said? What gets to be shared? What gets to be listened to? And honoring every moment, the real gift of time that we have in its highest and best I think many of us would start to realize that there's a lot of things that we think we need that actually are distractions in keeping us from spending our time doing what will truly satisfy. And so start realizing that needs go into two buckets. The counterfeit is the need of ego with the mantra of more. And then there's the genuine need that comes from our highest and best self that has the ability to fulfill us in this very moment. You know, needs. Let's just think about it for a moment. What are, what are our needs? What do you really need? I was having a conversation with a gentleman, my brother-in-law, who was a master connector. Uh, we were having some ice cream several weeks ago, and he was down visiting from Washington. And he said, Stephen, there's a gentleman that I really think that you should talk to. You and he are kind of going similar directions. You're, you're building some similar things, and, and uh, it, it might really benefit you to talk to him. So I reached out to this individual, and we eventually connected. And as we were talking, uh, we, got, we, we were actually diving into a really deep, deep conversation. And uh, we were kind of throwing off the gloves and just going at it. I mean, this is, it was actually a really fun, fun conversation. And it, it ended up lasting about two and a half hours. And in the conversation, he asked me a question. He said, Stephen, why do you want what you want? 
you know, we talk about our whys all the time here at Limitless. This is, this is part of the process of what we do. And he said, why do you want what you want? And I said, you know, well, I, I, um, I want it because it brings me joy. And he said, no, no that's not. <laughs> he said, no, that's not why you want it. And I said, well, explain. What do you mean? He said, well, I believe that you do what you, what you do, and I believe that everyone does what they do because really what they want at the core of it is they want peace. Not joy, not happiness, not excitement, not whatever else, but really what we're looking for is a calm, is a peace. And there's a lot of different ways to, to get to this peace. There's a lot of different ways to accomplish this peace. Part of what we're talking about here in, in creating this invincible mindset, being invincible, I believe, comes down to experiencing peace, regardless of the situation that you're facing, regardless of the trial, if there's a death in the family, if there's you know, a loved one who is... Uh, you know, addicted to whatever, whatever their addiction is, drugs, pornography, whatever you might be dealing with. Um, if there's pain, you know, if you've got a sickness, if you're experiencing cancer, whatever it is, is that ability to choose into peace. And I, I thought about that for a long time uh, as we were talking, and uh, I, I really... I actually have really enjoyed that perception. I, that's, that's a perception that I've taken on uh, on my own. I think the more that we align ourselves with the things that we truly need, the more peace we feel. Yeah, I, it's so beautiful. There was something that um, was shared with me from Alex Moore when we were in Machu Picchu, and he said, Chris, Confucius said that it's not having what you want, but rather wanting what you have. It's like the ultimate form of gratitude. And it brings us into the present, and peace is found in the present. The present is, is wrought with power, and peace is a form of power because it means that everything is, is complete inside, everything is, is content, and it means that in this moment, I have the ability to achieve what I've been searching for. And, um, you know, in my, in my vast search in life for what it is I want and, and as I look at some of the things I've truly failed at and some of the things that I've been able to succeed at, um, what we're talking about here, this concept of invincibility, becoming indomitable, free from misfortune, free from our misperceptions and free from personal needs, the egotistical base needs. Um, what that invincibility ultimately means is that I can step into a world of peace, means that I have everything that I want already that I need for this given moment, means that I can appreciate my relationships as they are, means that when opposition will knock on my door, I will welcome him as a friend, I will give him a hug, I will ask what lessons I get to learn, and I get to grow. And um, it means that no one else's negativity needs to rock your boat. It means that uh, no un unfortunate circumstance needs to ruin your day or your life. I think the best example right now that comes to mind was when I had a chance to connect at this last Limitless with Shane Reed again. Last summer, I, I was at a leadership training with Shane, and we stood in a circle with a man who was given months left to live. And um, his terminal cancer was going to take him from this planet, leaving uh, a beautiful wife and his sweet daughters. And we dared to be audacious enough to come together with a level of faith that, that there was health and a solution and an answer beyond death 
that was knocking at the door. Um, since that time, you know, and, and at that time, I remember Shane was overcome with the perceptions of his doctors, the circumstance of his cancer, and probably fighting inside maybe about some of the things that he still wanted to do while on this planet, his bucket list. The Shane Reed that I see today, the one that comes and serves at Limitless, connecting with him, he just shared with me this news that he's had a 23% reduction in his cancer with the experimental treatment that he manifested that otherwise has not existed on this planet. The man is not only alive, the cancer has not just been stopped dead in its track, but it is moving backwards and he dared put faith into a life that was longer than the doctors told him was possible. He has been transcending the perception of others. He's been transcending the misfortune and circumstance that he has in his life. And when I look at the gratitude on his face for the things that he really wants and what he's manifesting, I think anyone that comes through a battle like that gets to realize that there's so much more to be grateful for just found in our breath and heartbeat, our life, and the chance that we have for another day. And I don't know if Shane's on the call, but I just wanted to do a shout out and tell you that I love you, brother, for the example you are and for the things that we get to learn from you because our life is bettered by you. Friends, that is, that is, uh, that is my, that is, that, that is, um, those are my comments today on this idea of not just invincibility, but becoming enlightened in that invincibility, which means that crap can befall you, but it doesn't define you. Let's go ahead and um, let's let's take a couple of people here on the line. Let's pick someone. Um, if you're on the line with us right now, that feels like you're struggling with uh, some um, with some real life circumstances, misfortune, dilemmas, misperceptions, and um, let's let's do some mentoring right now and some breakthrough to move past that. Go ahead and hit star six if you want to come into the queue, have a vulnerable moment with us. And take today as your opportunity to rise above and embrace the opposition and step into the real possibility that lies within your potential this day. Okay, just go ahead and hit star. Okay, perfect. All right, we've got phone number ending in 3428. Go ahead. Okay, 3428, you are on the air. Who do we have? Oh, this is Aaron Wilson. Aaron, how are you doing? We sure can. I'm, I'm good. I mean, you know, I'm good. That's my answer. You liar. Hands <laughs> 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 on fire, right? Hey, before anything, I just have to tell you that you're answering my question that I've had for like the last few days. Something that's really been bugging me. Like hunting all over the internet. Um, from the people that I see as my spiritual leaders and I haven't been able to find uh, the information I was looking for. And I just had the thought to get on the tribe call, which I haven't listened to in weeks, to tell you the truth. So uh, thanks for being inspired and intuitive. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Did you get your answer? Um, Some of them, yes. Some of it was a confirmation of what I was thinking was true and didn't trust me. To know was correct, and then um, to recognize what it is that was bugging me, because there's some things that were bugging me, and I thought, huh, I'm triggered, but I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's right now for the for the little bit of time we have right now. Do you mind sharing one of those things that's still bothering you right now? Um, yes. What's been bugging me is um, I I've understood this 
kind of opposition in all things is a requirement. What's bugging me is I feel like I've been made an offender for a word because I can't express my experience that I'm having without somebody correcting me. And I just think I want to be able to say, I can't do this right now. And not have everybody shout at me from the rooftops. That's a belief. Sometimes I want to be able to say how I'm feeling and be yeah. honored in where I am in my journey. And I feel like often yeah. I am not. Yeah, you're, you've, you have totally inundated yourself with a whole group of people that want to fight for you to get to the top of that mountain and help you do it. And sometimes we just need something a little different. One of the lessons that I want to share with you and that I want to create this space for you, um, one of the things that Dana has taught me and that I really appreciate is she says, she'll come up to me and say, Chris, I I feel like there's some things that I want to share. I'm not looking for help. I'm not looking for answers. I really just want to be heard. And I'm honoring myself. And then she'll proceed to share her feelings with me. And um, it's an invitation to mourn with her. It's an invitation to acknowledge what she's facing. It's also an invitation to accept what's happening. And that is a really key step in being able to, before it's the push to move forward or push past or go beyond, sometimes there just gets to be a really good thorough acknowledgement. Have you given yourself permission to acknowledge within yourself what you're facing. That makes sense. Yeah, that is what I want. Yeah. So I'm sharing that. And I want to invite you to do that right now because sometimes sometimes we put our life on hold waiting for other people to validate what we're going through and you can either invite them into the space the way I just showed you and a second tool is sometimes just to pause and reflect and to share that feedback with yourself. And I have these moments where I'll do this, where I'll, I'll be triggered by something, and then I'll accept it and say, yep, Chris, this is true. You're, you're a dingbat sometimes and when you do this thing or you do that thing. And there's something that's, that's therapeutic, frankly, about being able to say, I see the truth of this in me or the nature of my struggle. Um, and, and that seems often to be a really necessary step before saying, all right, now what's the game plan? What do I get to do about this? So what is it that you get to validate for you? Oh. Um, what did I get to validate for me? Um, that um, what I'm experiencing right now is a hard thing. It is a hard thing. And, um, and it's okay for it to be hard. It's okay to say this is a hard thing. It's a really big challenge. And uh, for me, when I say that, what I'm saying is I'm strong enough to overcome this. I have to acknowledge it first. I can't pretend I'm not looking at something tough. And really allow yourself in this moment to feel that. Because it is, it is wonderful to feel supported and loved by other people, and yet one of the things that I'll ask myself is, what can I give myself that I have not been giving myself permission? And sometimes it's being willing to admit something like exactly what you're experiencing. I'm going through something that is really hard right now. This is hard for me. And to be able to say that it's hard and not pretend that it's easy, <laughs> you know. I'm not having a hard day. 
I'm having a hard moment or a hard experience, and that's okay because I'm also strong. But what's the point of being strong if there aren't things that are hard? Yeah. That's a really good point. So just take a moment and be with that now. I can feel that energy shift, just allowing it to sink in and admit it and be okay with that. That's a perfect first step. And I can see what happened, that somebody who I really, really look up to and who I trust um, uh, kind of argued that point with me a little bit. And I thought, oh, I admire this person so much. I, I must be wrong, but I knew I wasn't, and it felt weird. <sighs> but it is a hard thing. It's okay to say out loud if things are hard. Yeah. <sighs> really wrong. And you know what's really beautiful right now is that creates space for this release, for that energy to shift, because you know what happens when you're done getting through this acknowledgement is that you get to move on to the next step of, okay, what action step do I need to take that's going to honor me? That's a good point because I haven't known. <laughs> So I'm just going to I'm just gonna invite you to ground right now, Aaron. Take a deep breath in. And from the space of clarity, what, what action step is going to honor you? The action step uh, that honors me is to stay home and take care of things instead of going all the places that others are requesting me or think I should be. Stay home. Just stay home. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Once in a while, once in a while, people in our tribe will come to me and say, I've got a problem, and they say, get a breakthrough, and that is really irritating me. And sometimes, with, and sometimes there's a step that comes first, and the first one is acknowledgement and validation, <laughs> whether from another or from self, and, and to admit and to be okay. And then it's really beautiful how it, then it creates the, then, then, then it allows space for the shift to happen, which is okay, what do I, great, boom, we did that, we acknowledge that. And you, and you make sure that you receive a fullness of what you're looking for there, and then it's time for that next step. And for you, you know, at this point, you could go for a breakthrough or do something different, but you have your next step, which is, I get to say no to some of the opportunities and invitations that I'm receiving, and I get to say yes to staying at home because that's where I get to be for the next step of my journey. Indeed. Yeah. Some of these things that, that feel? are so simple are so profound. I feel um, like a relief, actually. Yeah. And, you know, and the beautiful thing about what we do here together with Limitless is that it, it is simple. It, uh, it's not rocket science, and, and every one of us is capable of, of showing up for each other in these really simple, beautiful ways. And Stephen said it really well. We're not here to teach anything new today. We're, we might package it a little different. We might say it a little different, but we're here to remind each other of the greatness that's within us and some of the tools that are available to continue ascending. So thank you for coming on the line today and being willing to be super vulnerable. And thank you for sharing with us, Aaron. And thank you for reminding all of us how simple it can also be to pause self-validate, go to intuition and ask, excellent, what, what does my next step look like? Thank you so much. Thank you for your help. Welcome.
All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for all of your participation. Uh, this is where we get to end in true limitless fashion. I'm going to go ahead and unmute the lines here. Bear with me for just all right, now we've got you off the Q&A. We're unmuted, and I want to end with a massive, huge, I am limitless, or we are limitless. Let's do that today. We are limitless on the count of three. One, two, three. We are limitless.